The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Welcome to Medianomics. All we hear right now is doom and gloom. The United States of America, the most trusted nation in the world as far as its markets, its financial ability, is threatening losing its credit rating. All the experts, all the people in the financial end of making money and doing all the things, the bank, everybody's talking about this. Everything we read is talking about it. People on the streets are talking about it. If we lose this credit rating, there's going to be disaster. Well, if that's right, then my dad's wrong. My dad always said, if you have bad credit, that's good credit. It's the best thing for you because you have to pay cash for everything. I think my dad's right. We've got too much borrowing. we got too much debt. What's it going to hurt if we lose what we can't borrow? It's going to hurt the financial people. It may hurt some businesses. It may hurt us. But we're going to get hurt anyway. The people are going to be hurt. They're already hurt. 
Somebody just told me last night that their uh, uncle lost a million dollars. And he's not necessarily wealthy. He's worked all his life for that. But they accept that because it was in the markets. There's a mentality of making money and we gain and we lose. It's okay. It's not okay. What had he, before he lost that money, take that million dollars out and put in some land or into a house? So we're going to lose our triple A credit rating? So what? It's just going to be easier on us to bite the bullet now than later. A financial expert told me at least 10 to 12 years ago from Chicago said that we were in for a huge bubble burst back then, 12 years ago. I saw him a few years after that later, and he, I said, what's going on? He said, the, bigger, the balloon is just getting bigger. The balloon is just getting bigger. We're dealing with a problem that can't be fixed, won't be fixed, and the only way to fix things in an unstable building and threatening and people walking around it or on the streets or walking across the street to avoid the building because it might fall and propping it up and can't prop it up anymore because it's, I mean, so many structural change, uh, uh, modifications have been made to it. The only thing to correct it and make it stable is for it to fall. We're going to fall. It's going to happen. And nobody wants it to happen now because it won't be pleasant. But every day you put this off, it's just going to get worse. The only good thing about it being put off is you've got the opportunity, a golden opportunity now to make decisions, to posture yourself, to position yourself, to, to get your money out of the banks, out of investments, and put it into some kind of goods now that you can make your way. It's incredible what they're saying. And Mrs. Cunningham, or Deborah Cunningham, who oversees $271 billion of market funds at a Federated Investors of Pittsburgh, saying they don't even know what to do with the money. And if we lose our triple-rated credit rating, what's going to happen to it? So several weeks ago, Miss Cunningham put plans in place to deal with the default, just in case everything defaults. The firm convened a teleconference with the Board of Affected Funders, and she said she's considering arguing for holding on to federal debt. Oh, that's a smart one. She got a big job. $271 billion. So they're trying to secure and put confidence in these investors. She goes on and says, We have to justify the board why we would continue to hold them, which would be because they're high-quality premium risk securities. The question, she says, I think investors are going to face is where do they go, asked Ms. Cunningham. Do they go to foreign banks, U.S. commercial paper issuers, U.S. agencies? Is there a safer haven than Treasury securities? Yes, stupid. Pay off your house. Pay off your debt. Make a garden. Get independent of the system. How we become so stupid 
We have no understanding, no wisdom, no common sense. The writer of this article said, or rather Ms. Cunningham says, still it's unclear where the other investors might stampede for the exit. Duh. We've got an answer. Why hold on to retirement when you can pay off your house? Or sell your house, pull out your retirement, and combine the both of, them, of those? Or if you don't have enough, take the loss and get out somewhere. I just read something. People are fluent, fleeing the rural areas because there's no jobs. Drive the hour to get to work. Compensate for whatever you have to do by providing for your own needs. Think. Start thinking. This is the answer. Well, Wells Fargo, big bank. They, executives there say they're keeping a close tabs on the bond market and making sure they have ample cash on hand. That's a profound statement. We're looking at the bonds market and we're making sure we got a lot of cash on hands. For what? For a run on the bank. Why else would they be doing that? Why are they asking this? Why are they thinking this way? Because I hope you're not thinking that way. They want to instill confidence. Oh, you don't have to run on the bank. We've got plenty of cash. Timothy James Sloan, J. Sloan from Wells Fargo, Chiefs of Finance, Chiefs Financial Officer said that if Congress could not reach a deal, and if there was a spike in interest rates, his bank would be there to handle the situation. Oh, I'm so happy about that. I could just sit back, and you can sit back, and we can be comfortable. Why is he saying the next sentence? But in terms of specifics, he said there was not much banks could do. Duh! What is specifics? He just said, in case there's a spike in interest, his bank would be there to handle the situation. Here comes Roy Rogers. It's amazing. Just listen to the guys, the experts, the chief financial officer of Wells Fargo. They'll probably close our accounts out after this. But that's okay. We don't keep much money there anyway. We give it away in books. What you send in, we send right back out. We're a black hole for that. But in terms of specifics, he said there was not much, much banks could do. Then why are they looking at the situation? They're going to be there to handle it for. Then he adds, because nobody knows what is going to happen. And nobody knows how to prepare. We do. A chief financial officer of a huge institution doesn't know what to do. Nobody knows how to prepare. That's because nobody has common sense. Do four things. Get out your money. Take out your retirement. Get your investments. Sell what you don't need. Your boat, your second house, anything extra. Get yourself stabilized. Own your own home. And if things go crash... And you're out of debt, what effect does it have on you? Oh, you may go hungry, you may go, or you might be more in, in if you got your land, you're growing your food, you're, you might be okay there, but you might 
have some struggles, yeah, because it's going to affect everything and everybody. Because we've built this idea that we got to raise our debt ceiling for our nation, and that we we've got the the last report I read. I think this is accurate. That our our interest of our all the taxes we take in, the interest we pay is forty percent of what we take in. Can you imagine that? Can anybody out there operate with forty percent of their income, thousand dollars in other words? That four hundred dollars of that thousand dollars on your your monthly check, or your paycheck, or your weekly paycheck, or your daily paycheck, four hundred dollars of that is going just purely for interest. No wonder the banks want to be there to handle it. They make money no matter what happens until the end, and they're going to handle the situation. But there's not much they could do because nobody knows. Quote. What is going to happen? And nobody knows how to prepare. You start preparing. Why are we in this situation? Years ago, Walter Spar, a prominent monetary expert, he stated, When government inflicts an irredeemable currency on the people, the great rights and freedoms inherent to a gold standard disappear. Why is that? Your property rights, environmental regulations... Government, all these things are taken away from you. Why do we lose the ghost standard? Let's don't lose the spiritual here because we're in sin. If we're righteous people, we seek first God's kingdom, these things wouldn't be happening to us. So we got to first blame ourselves for being stupid. But once we get wisdom, then we can see who the other people really are stupid, who are purposely blinding themselves for the sake of continuing something that's not going to continue. Holding on to their God their hope in their God, which I have no hope in that God, to continue. He goes on and says, Walter Spar says, the ability of people to put pressure on the banks. Did you hear that? The ability of people to put pressure on the banks and government to the extent of their purchasing power by demanding redemption of non-gold currency is destroyed. You don't have the power to go to the bank and say, no, you're not going to do that. When you have gold, you're equal with them. You've got something that's worth something. But when you have their dollars, the Federal Reserve, it comes from them. It's theirs. They own it. They're so proud of that they put the name on it. A Federal Reserve note. That belongs to the bank. They're giving you a note because the wealth behind that is in the Federal Reserve of the central banking system and the banks. And it's nothing but paper. So you have no power. With that, you lose all property rights. Spar goes on and says, with the destruction of that individual right, the power of the purse passes from ultimate control by the people to unrestrainable control by the government. All socialists Communist and totalitarian governments utilize irredeemable currency. And that's where we are, folks. We're not going to reverse this thing. If you don't understand it, ain't going to happen, explains it. Get the book, read it. If you got it, reread it. It's important you be on understanding of everything. What's the behind the scenes? What's taking place right now in our culture? First line, first baseline is us. We quit being or rather, we quit living fully the Christian life. And through that little fall, 
Arlene says, many Christians live as pagans. Not a few, not a half, many. So, I want to go into something else. Joan, you've got something to read. This comes from Steve Ring from Springfield, Illinois, who manages a feed mill that's owned by pork producers. And he wrote an article for their local paper entitled, If You Think Food Prices Are High Now, Just Wait. The USDA released its latest report Wednesday morning showing supply and demand for corn, corn, soybeans, and wheat. So why should that matter to the average person? Let me highlight a few things and get to why. First, U.S. farmers raised one of the bigger crops in the last 10 years. Yet with that, projected ending stocks will be the tightest since 1995-1996. What has changed? The single biggest change is the amount of corn and soybeans used for biofuels. You know them as biodiesel and ethanol. Yes, ethanol is projected to consume approximately 40% of the total corn raised last year. That is increased use of a mere 33% from the 2008-09 crop usage. What that means to you is food prices, specifically meat in general, will go up. If you think they are high now, wait a few more months. The local price for cash corn is more than $6.70 per bushel and likely headed to $7. That is one of the primary ingredients for raising pigs, cattle, and chickens. But corn also goes into the price of many other items people eat or consume daily. If you take that price and subtract the prior average, of $3.75 per bushel, the cost of corn alone has gone up more than $40 billion. One of two things is going to happen. Either food prices are going up a like amount or livestock producers are going out of business. That still means food prices are going up due to reduced supplies. Here's something I would like for every politician and farmer to explain to me. Corn and beans are touted as being renewable commodities. However, it takes oil products and fertilizer to produce them. Are those non-renewable resources? The obvious answer is no. Why then are we still subsidizing ethanol and biodiesel? How much higher do prices have to go before people react? My guess is we are not far from finding out. You have probably already surmised that I am involved in livestock production. I have a bias. However, that does not mean my questions concerning so-called renewable fuels aren't valid. Don't buy the line that subsidized energy of any type is necessary. If it is viable, let it stand on its own accord. If it can't, maybe we need to rethink what sources of energy are viable. In the meantime, don't blame livestock producers for higher meat prices. We are trying to survive these prices. I hope you and the poor of the world who rely on our grains to survive can make it. Many people have limited resources. If food prices double, they can only buy half as much. Our policies are hurting the poor all for the sake of green energy. One last point. 
If grain prices are high now, what will happen if we have any type of weather or production problem? I'm not talking about this coming year. I'm talking ever. Based upon the USDA report, we will have a 19-day supply of corn left before harvest is this fall. If that seems a little snug, you ought to be looking through my glasses. I'm not seeing green. I see red. So subsidized energy, if it's viable and it can't stand on its own, why should we do that? Why should you subsidize anything if it can't stand on its own? And that applies, what was just written there, to our economy. If it can't stand on its own, you can't keep propping this thing up. Like the building parable I told you a little while ago. Because ultimately, you're just making things and matters worse. And I hope this goes on for a while. We're not positioned. We, but but you got to be ready. you got to be prepared for all these things. Now, let me tell you behind the scenes about this, because we know biodiesel. Four years ago, when it all came big, everybody get into this. Got a tractor, you grow something, get into biodiesel. We thought, well, that'd be nice if we could raise our own diesel fuel. We went to the premier place. A train for a weekend. Teach us all about it. At a university. We went through everything with it. Every break we had, we went back to the room, the four of us in the community, and did a rosary for understanding, for wisdom, to let us see this. Because they were selling it. They were selling it hard. They were selling how grandiose this is and how great this system would be. And naturally, if you can raise out of the ground your own fuel that would that's that seems appetizing keeps you spending other dollars what manifested as we went through those days was that it don't work because back then and still today every gallon of biodiesel produced the federal government would give you a dollar in compensation for the loss because it takes more a dollar more, to basically, than oil to produce at the pumps. So the government, every gallon of biodiesel is being subsidized back then, four years ago, at least a dollar. And so you're not ahead. It was costing that much plus a dollar to produce it. And you're making a few cents. See, they say you make four or five cents a gallon if you're selling it. God didn't give us food to be making oil that he made oil for. It doesn't make any sense. The whole thing's a sham. I'm telling you it's a sham. We went through it. And through, through prayer, God revealed it. Finally, at the end of the, the, the seminar, we were going to make our own biodiesel. We broke up in groups. We got a test tube. There's probably 40 groups. And nobody was able to make it. <laughs> we're dying laughing. We'd already concluded this thing was a sham. Oh, they can make it. But now you have to buy special stuff for your chainsaws. If you buy any of that stuff, you burn your chainsaws up. We start burning chainsaws up here. We start, what's wrong? It's all this garbage they're doing. It won't work. It can't work. It's going to be subsidized. And just like Steve said in this writing here, if it's subsidized and it's not viable, it ain't going to stand. Let it stand on its own. And so we have many things this way. We've been deception. Our lady says, don't live in delusion. We have this whole recycling thing. It's a delusion, really. Everything is false. Everything we see and everything we do is not viable. 
We built something so complex, so inter, so integrated that the farthest side to the left will affect the right, and it all is going to cave in. In the line at the store, the cashier told an older woman that she should bring her own grocery bags because plastic bags weren't good for the environment. The woman apologized to her and explained, We didn't have the green thing back in my day. The clerk responded, That's our problem today. Your generation did not care enough to save our environment. She was right. Our generation didn't have the green thing in its day. Back then, we returned milk bottles, soda bottles, and beer bottles to the store. The store sent them back to the plant to be washed and sterilized and refilled so it could use the same bottles over and over. So they really were recycled. But we didn't have the green thing back in our day. We walked upstairs because we didn't have an escalator in every store and office building. We walked to the grocery store and didn't climb into a 300-horsepower machine every time we had to go two blocks. But she was right. We didn't have the green thing in our day. Back then, we washed the baby's diapers because we didn't have the throwaway kind. We dried clothes on a line, not in an energy-gobbling machine burning up 220 volts. Wind and solar power really did dry the clothes. Kids got hand-me-down clothes from their brothers or sisters, not always brand-new clothing. But that old lady is right. We didn't have the green thing back in our day. Back then, we, have one TV, we had one TV or radio in the house, not a TV in every room. And the TV had a small screen the size of a handkerchief. Remember them? Not a screen the size of the state of Montana. In the kitchen, we blended and stirred by hand because we didn't have electric machines to do everything for us. When we packaged a fragile item to send in the mail, we used a wadded-up old newspaper to cushion it, not styrofoam or plastic bubble wrap. Back then, we didn't fire up an engine and burn gasoline just to cut the lawn. We used a push mower that ran on human power. We exercised by working. So we didn't need to go to a health club to run on the treadmills that operate on electricity. But she's right, we didn't have the green thing back then. We drank from a fountain when we were thirsty instead of using a cup or a plastic bottle every time we had to drink had a drink of water. We refilled writing pens with ink instead of buying a new pen, and we replaced the razor blades in a razor instead of throwing away the whole razor just because the blade got dull. But we didn't have the green thing back then. Back then, people took the streetcar or a bus and kids rode their bikes to school or walked instead of turning their moms into a 24-hour taxi service. We had one electrical outlet in a room, not an entire bank of sockets, to power a dozen appliances. And we didn't need a computerized gadget to receive a signal beamed from satellites 2,000 miles out in space in order to find the nearest pizza joint. But isn't it sad the current generation laments how wasteful we old folks were just because we didn't have the green thing back then? Your biodiesels, your environmental regulations, everything you do every day from environmental regulations adds such a huge cost to what you do, you'd be shocked. Radical environmentalism is part of this whole downfall. And don't give me any argument. Well, 
we got to care for the environment. Who doesn't care for the environment? Who doesn't take care of the yard? Who doesn't care? How, look at our grounds. Anybody been here? We we're that's been to our grounds. We have beautiful things. We build trees right and buildings right next to trees. There's an innate desire of people to walk in a garden. We don't need the government choking us, making us do things. Now, am I just here speaking about the, against the government? No, the government's where it is because of us. We have failed. We have failed in our mission to evangelize through our witness, living fully the Christian life. And we are where we are today, first because of ourselves. But at least start identifying that after you make up for that with your your observing the culture and see why it is where it is. What Joan just read is tongue-in-cheek. At the same time, it's true. Who's more wasteful? And I'm not advocating you can't have a refrigerator. That's not what we're saying. But it's Yvonne who just recently said, physical changes are coming. You'll see these across the whole world. How will that involve? What will it involve? Maybe living more simple, a better life, more astute, with a better, clever eye to see what's happening. Right in our church, I wrote, and look what happened while you are sleeping. About radical environmentalism. The whole book's based on that. You've got to read this book. If you haven't read it, it's a must. You can't navigate through today in life without reading this book. It'll give you the biblical point of view, the messages of a lady point of view, for everything you do that's not in the book. And it talks about this invasion of the church. The, the church is invaded by Satan. A lady said, June 25th, 1985, I urge you to ask everyone to pray the rosary. With the rosary, you will overcome all the troubles which Satan is trying to inflict on the Catholic Church. Pretty profound. She didn't say all the troubles. She said troubles with an S. We have many things to solve in the church. One of them is just faith. And ministries that the Catholic Companion Human Development is part of, Catholic Charities is part of, join with it, Catholic Race Services, and the whole thing socialist. It's radical environmentalism. Uh, radical environmentalism. They have stations of the cross, eco-stations of the cross. It's in Look What Happened While You're Sleeping. This was all calculated years ago. Before this is even coming up now in this day, in these weeks that it's starting to pop up, I wrote four years ago about it. You've got to educate yourself. And once you do that, you change your life. You live you live holiness. You live in the will of God. But you need to be making decisions now about what to do. And one thing you can do today is take what you have and turn it into your autonomy. That's the big thing. Get things in your autonomy. Don't be hooked into a debt system. And where you can't get out of debt, you start working on that to get out as fast and quick as possible. And so that's why we have Frank with Global Silver. To change everything as quickly as possible to a round that we struck with the Marcus Metal to bring conversion to use what you can liquidate, even temporarily for transitional purposes to safeguard what you've got. And then over the next weeks, months, two, three years, whatever time we have, to begin a way of life where you are sustaining yourself through the blessings of God and what he's given to you and what he shared with you. Frank? Yes, um, and 
we are here as a ministry at uh, Global Silver Investors, and um, you can go back to the first financial show that was clearly inspired by the Holy Spirit because of the timing, because of the Dow record that followed it, and see that without self-interest or without financial interest, we have recommended an investment that has returned most everyone that's called us 100 to 500% returns. And I've been recommending this investment since before then, but it has gotten infinitely easier to understand since the writing of the book, It Ain't Gonna Happen. And you have told me, you that have called me, that have read the writings of a friend of Medjugorje, how simple this is, and, and you've witnessed to me that these writings are the most important writings on earth. They're truth that no one else is writing. They're truth that the spirit of truth wants the world to hear. As the world waits with bated breath for August 2nd, when Congress is supposed to decide what they're going to do about the debt ceiling, Our Lady says the answer is not in the president's. So a friend of Medjugorje teaches us what Our Lady said on August 2nd. This is the, the foundation of where the writings came from. And the message that he and the community take to heart, read every day the messages. Everyone listening, Our Lady is coming for you. You're her children, Christian or non-Christian. The, the apparitions in Medjugorje are undeniable. Look into it. They're scientific. If, if, if you've met Maria, there's no question. She sees Our Lady daily. Uh, she, I, I've had the privilege of meeting her a few times. She's a great and a tremendous witness to this truth. But um, the August 2nd message, 30 years before the world waits for August 2nd, what Congress is going to do, said a great struggle is about to unfold. Between my son and Satan, human souls are at stake. Human souls are at stake. This is what's birthed the writings. And how to change your husband and I see far. Our response to this, this cry to defend the souls that are at stake. These are the greatest inroads. The attack on the family. These writings turn the hearts of fathers to their children, the hearts of children to their fathers. They're, they're prophetically written about in sacred scripture. Well, you well I'll just say, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Leaves come from branches. The leaves are for the healing of the nations. These writings have come from the tree of life. Our Lady, who comes and gives her messages 12 times a year, once each month, for the healing of the nations. I can tell you, the most important thing to invest in that you have told me, and that I know from my life experience, become a field angel. I didn't buy one ounce of silver before I became a field angel. Everyone can do this. If, if you are non-Christian, if you're Muslim, Jewish, Hindu, Buddhist, non-believer, Our Lady has a message for us in our, non, in our non-belief. We're all non-believers. Um, you can be a field angel. You, God has given the world a mother. It's undeniable for you. We're here for you. We do this without self-interest. And I have a sense of urgency today because I can't help, I think her name was Mrs. Cunningham, with her $271 billion, because the entire mine supply for silver is, is um, 
I think half that, about $140 billion at $40, 700 million ounces. So I can't help her, but I can help you. And I have a sense of urgency because we talked last week about somebody who bought $10 billion worth of silver. If they sold it, somebody else bought it in a minute, in one minute. How long is this opportunity going to be here? We may have a few years before an absolute financial collapse. But how long do we have till the world wakes up to what should be very simple for us because of the writings that invest in these before you invest in anything? I, I want to tell you what people have told me when they called me up and want to invest about a half a million dollars uh, with me. The first time they've talked to me, had a 10-minute conversation with me. So, so they're not investing with you. They're, exchange, no, they're converting no. their cash into silver rounds. Very good point. Okay. Very good point. That wants to change currency. Very, very good point. But, uh, and, and I'm sorry, I misspoke. But, but my, um, my point is, is the conversation is me excitedly telling them you know, about all the, you know, the fundamentals and all these things. And, and after 10 minutes of patiently listening to me, they say, yeah, I know I read the book. Um, I just want to know if you need my address. This is the, this is the writings of a friend of Medjugorje. They, they're prepared to receive this truth. This is truth. He's hated for the, for this because it's countercultural because it's truth. It's pure truth. And so, so this is the foundation. If you're having trouble understanding this, someone said, well, my Catholic financial planner says to be diversified in ETFs and other paper investments. Why do you not agree with them? Because they're wrong. I don't agree with them because they're wrong. They're, and they're, they're, and they're against my daddy. <laughs> exactly. Papa Tony knows. <laughs> it's true. But it's the truth. Turn their hearts of the children towards their fathers. <laughs> But but that, but it's truth, and and paper is not worth the risk. You're a, you're a, a riverboat gambler, and not a good one. Get out of paper. It's it, 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 its risk is zero. What is the potential reward? You have many many undervalued investments. Start with the writings. Start with tithing. These are yeah yeah. Let's be diversified. Let's tithe. Let's invest in the writings. Let's invest in Our Lady's work. Let's invest in land. Let's invest in silver, miraculous metal silver. You do not want anything else besides miraculous metal silver Medjugorje rounds. If you're in gold, you're losing money. How am I losing money? Because when we first said this, you could get 90 ounces of silver for an ounce of gold. When the book was released, you get 70 ounces of silver for the ounce of gold. Silver is real money. Now you can only get 40 ounces of silver for an ounce of gold. I brought somebody in almost $100,000 worth of silver because they wanted me to exchange it for gold. And these big boxes I carried in, I put on the table and I put the, put the silver in my front pocket, uh, the gold in my front pocket and left and immediately turned it back into silver and found a very efficient way to do that. I don't want to do that, but um, it was meant to be because if, if what Joan read, if you're in silver, food prices are not going up and uh, they're not going up in real currency, not over time. You know, it's because your silver is going to rise with it. Because it's finite currency, equal weights and measures. This is God's plan. This is God's plan for freedom. This is truth. And and so anything else, and, and I used to ask myself, because at some point it might make sense to get gold, so what would it be? Um, uh, one of the people on King World News said, you know, it's going to take a 20 to 1 price 
get enough silver back into the market. The inventories are so low, it'll have to, again, double in terms of gold. And he says, I don't know if I'll sell my silver at 20 to 1. I, and I thought, I don't know if I'd sell mine at 10 to 1. But now I know emphatically when I will buy an ounce of gold, when there's a miraculous metal on it. Not before. Until, until our lady's on it, and it may never be. I may never own one, and then I don't need one. But this is all I want, because God is sending the world a mother, and she's our mother, and it's her time. And let me let me add to that that the number one go is not owning silver; it's the way of life. Part of that way of life is your means of exchange for goods and services to get back to where Spar it was quoted that when you go off the gold standard. You put the power in the government and the banks. When you put it back into the metals, it's in your hands. And so it's part of the way of life. It's not the goal of the Medjugorje message that we are trying to convey to you to go by silver. It's not, it's nothing to do with that. It's about living the spiritual life and living honest and true. The system is not honest and it's not true. So August 2nd is significant. So Ali says, look at the signs of the times. I mean, he says, I want to speak you to, uh, God wants to speak to you through messages, people, and many other ways. August 2nd is one of the ways God wants to talk to you. How? Because that message date, August 2nd, 1981, is when our lady announced that a great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan and human souls are at stake. And just after that, she asked us to read Matthew 6. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. All things will be given to you. And preceded by that was the verse, you can't serve two masters. God or money. God or the devil. So these parallels run together. And here it is. We have this showdown coming up August 2nd. You think that's an accident or that's a coincidence? Okay, I could say that's one in 365 days a chance. But that's not how I see it. And our lady doesn't want me to see it that way because she wants me to see with biblical views, the message view. How do I apply the message to what's going on in current society? When you do that, you see things in a whole other light and you gain wisdom and you know what to do. I imagine it's a pretty high paying job to be monitoring $271 billion. And we work in the dirt. And we work shifts here, putting out books. We do a lot of labor. And it's tough. And she just paid to do what she's doing. We know the answer. And she doesn't. Something's not right with this picture. Our lady's got the answers. Do you want them? We're completely out of time. We're over time. Frank, how did they get a hold of you? And I want to say, call Frank. Any questions you have, call and discuss it. If you're not even certain or if you don't buy into this, uh, call Frank, because we don't want you to buy into it. I don't want you to believe it because I'm saying it. Read the message. Pray. The Holy Spirit will tell you. You want to safeguard your way of life is by the way your life is that's protected. As I've said repeatedly, a people is not so much protected as by their armaments as they are their way of life. So your 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 weaponry for a country your military for a country, or your financial situation for your homestead or your security. None of that's any good, even if you got that. Even if you got your house and your land paid for, it's not good. It's your way of life. 
So this silver thing is not a silver thing. Oh, this is just this is the answer. This is part of the answer. This is part of the solution. And it's part of the solution to a crisis that is brewing and is out of control. And they're still trying to say, Wells Fargo, uh, our bank be there to handle it. And then they say, we don't know what the answer is. It's, quote, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to prepare. You want to follow that? Forget it. Frank, how did they get a hold of you? Yes, and, and, and please please call me, and I, I'll give you that. I just have one quick thing to say, because there is a parallel to, to human souls are at stake. There's two parallels. Our Lady said in Fatima, and she showed the little children, now you have seen hell. God wants to establish devotion to my immaculate heart so that more souls may be saved. Human souls are at stake. Our Lady says, I want you to spread the devotion, the caring of the miraculous model, so that more souls may be saved. This is the way. The Immaculate Heart of Mary. So um, please call me, no matter who you are, no matter what your faith background is. We're interested in you. Our Lady's interested in you. The number is 877-936-7686. The email address is globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And the phone number is 877-936-7686. And if you didn't get that number, you can always call Caritas. Field Angels Frank was talking about is people who monthly support this mission. We try to sustain ourselves. That's why we do the grand side of it, so we won't be taxing the mission. So as St. Paul says, even when I was amongst you, I took care, I worked, and I worked for my own keep. We try to do that as good stewards to this mission in the same spirit. But the Field Angels pay for the operations, pay for the materials that go out, and we give tons into millions. We have given away millions of bookers. CDs and things like that. Spread this show. Spread it to everybody. Because people may be able to come to Our Lady through seeing how tangible these things are to the truth that they feel in the heart. And many people are feeling that. And so it's important also to listen to June 25th show. You can go on meds.com, download that, or listen to it online. And it's really related to this in a lot of ways, especially the ending. Educate yourself. Feed yourself. It's very important. These days are critical that you read, you study. Very important to read, look what happened while you're sleeping. Ain't going to happen. If you can't afford it, we'll send it to you free. Cover the posters. That's not cash we have to spend out. But we'll send it to you. You've got to get it, distribute it, order in bulk. Well, we're out of time, past our time. So we'd like to tell you, really listen to what, is being said, listen to Our Lady. We beg you to follow this. Not us, but the truth. Seek it. Look for it. You'll find it. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered.
It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.